welcome. This is the UC Santa Cruz Weekly News Roundup podcast for the weeks of January 22 to February 2, 2018. And I'm Gwen Jordanay, and I'm an editor in the Communications and Marketing Office at UC Santa Cruz. And I'm Dan White. I'm a writer and editor for the Communications and Marketing Office at UC Santa Cruz. And we're going to dig into the recent news from UC Santa Cruz, all of which you can find at news.ucsc.edu. But first, let's mention our sponsor. This week's podcast brought to you by, drum roll, <laughs> the dangling participle. Very important, the dangling participle. Yeah. It causes so much wonderful confusion when people are trying to read your work. It's delightful because walking through UC Santa Cruz, the redwoods look magnificent. Driving through UC Santa Cruz at night, the campus looks so beautiful, and you think to yourself, how did the campus get a driver's license? How does it wrap its redwoody arms around the steering wheel? All right, let's get going. Speaking of getting going, um, we have a student, Ray Gutierrez, who's a transfer student from Gavilan Community College and is now in Oaks. Isn't that how you say it? Oaks! Yes, you can't mispronounce it. It must be Oaks. Oaks. He's a film student, and he went to India. He filmed a documentary about hearing-impaired students in India. Um, Shortly after Ray came to UC Santa Cruz, he learned that an anthropology field study called Globalization, Technology, and Development, which included five weeks of study in India, had room for more students, so he was really excited. And he and his fellow students went to Centurion University in the mostly rural Indian state of Odisha. And Centurion was established to train Odisha's young people with skills that would be relevant in you know, a modernizing economy. One of the groups they met were the students with hearing impairments. And these young people might otherwise have spent their lives in subsistence agriculture, but at Centurion, they were training to be baristas, you know, like coffee slingers. Like coffee slingers. In Odisha, many children are expected to live at home and support their parents until they marry. And being uh, deaf, having a disability like deafness could mean a really limited life. But the barista training offers an avenue, offers them this avenue to self-support, which is fantastic. And Ray decided that they'd be the, the subject of his documentary. And he discovered some interesting things. His subject's lives including, uh, included tensions he'd never imagined because they felt this dedication to improving themselves and desire to do that, along with this intense obligation to family. And not every family wanted their child to leave and find work. And some of the women felt pressure to to return home and get married. Graduation from the training meant the students would be placed at positions in cafes around the country. And most of them had not even traveled more than 20 miles from home before coming to Centurion. The story is just amazing, don't you think? It is really amazing. And just the amount of forward thinking involved and the fact that someone could make such a difference in their lives. Yeah. He's hoping to be able to return next summer and find out whether those trainees will continue on toward careers or return to their families or what they'll do. And he's hoping his documentary will help overcome cultural differences. And you can check that out at news.ucsc.edu. All right, so next up, let's delve into a cringeworthy subject. 
It's everyone's favorite time of year, tax time. Oh, no. Right? Forgot all about it. Have you started gathering your documents? I'm thinking about it. I'm looking at the emails <laughs> about my various tax obligations. I haven't opened them, but I've glanced at the <laughs> subject line. So I think that, for me, that's about as close as I get to filling the taxes out at all. Yeah, I'm about there, too. But this story should help brighten your day despite the awful reality of taxes. A team of UC Santa Cruz undergraduate volunteers is getting ready to provide free tax prep assistance to low and moderate income residents here in the county. Last year, student volunteers helped 500 families claim more than $600,000 in federal and state tax refunds. Economics major uh, Daniel Vargas is coordinating the students. He's in the second year of a three-year three paid internship coordinating an IRS program called Volunteer Income Tax Assistance. And right now, he's in the process of recruiting about 15 to 20 volunteers, all of whom will get extensive training in tax preparation and in serving the public. In the past, they've set up um, in public libraries and like at Goodwill, but this year they're hoping to do pop-up sites, trying to get people where they are. And that's UCSC values right there, don't you think? I think that is so great because I just know how intimidating it can be to fill your taxes and how people need help, and it's a great service to provide. Exactly. Really it's just, ugh, I love our students. All right, and now I really, I, I hate to do this, but I, I need to talk about this really upsetting topic. You've heard how polar bears are in peril because of climate change, and you've probably seen that heartbreaking video of a starving polar bear. Have yes, you seen it? Yes, just heart-wrenching to see I, that one. Mm -hmm. I couldn't even watch it, honestly. Um, it's impossible to know for sure what, what, what exactly was happening with that particular bear, but now scientists have, have published new findings that shed more light on the risk to polar bears overall. Because of melting sea ice, it's likely that more polar bears will soon starve. A new study has found that polar bears need to eat 60% more than anyone had ever thought before. And as climate change is altering their environment, a growing number of bears can't catch enough food to meet their energy needs. And the first author of this study is Anthony Pagano, who is a, um, a PhD candidate at UC Santa Cruz. Polar bears mostly eat seals. They hunt them by waiting for hours at seals breathing holes in the sea ice. When a seal comes up to breathe, the bear stand on, stands on its hind legs and smacks it on the head with both of its front paws to stun it, and then it drags it onto the ice. And that's why melting Arctic sea ice threatens polar bear survival. And if these results hold up, it shows that the loss of sea ice may have a bigger impact on the bears than previously thought. One expert says the only solution for the long-term survival of the polar bear is to address climate change. What a frightening and heartbreaking situation. It all seems to be coming to a head so quickly, too. That's the other shocking thing. Mm -hmm, exactly. All right. I think that what I will do is, well, since we're on the general tonal topic of things that are um, difficult, that we're, <laughs> um, I want to talk about a new memoir that's getting a lot of really good buzz by Karen Yamashita, UC Santa Cruz faculty member and a very distinguished writer who's exploring the Japanese-American internment through her, a family archive. She has a new book, Letters to Memory, which gives us a very intimate look at a really dark chapter in America's history. I'm talking about the forced internment of Japanese-Americans mm -hmm. during the course of World War II in various internment camps on U.S. soil. 
and uh, Letters to Memory, this brand new memoir, takes a close, intimate look at her own family's experience in an internment camp through kind of a mosaic approach. You've got letters and stories, photos, documents, arts, artworks, journals, and other items for the family archives. So you get a really immersive look at what happened with the family. And the book is made up of five sections that are distinct, but they're thematically linked together with the titles Modernity, Love, Death, and Laughter. Yamashita takes a hard look at the cruelty, humiliation, and absurdity that her extended family suffered in the camp, but she goes beyond that too, because the experience in the camp is also a reason, a cause to reflect on topics such as the meaning, the nature of evil, of justice and war, but also forgiveness. To explore these questions, she also goes to some classic sources, including notably the Iliad and King Lear, among others. Hmm. Now, she is co-director of the creative writing program at UC Santa Cruz. Yamashita received a 2011 California Book Award. It's a very big deal wow. for writers in the fiction category for her acclaimed novel, I Hotel. It was, by the way, a finalist for the National Book Award. Hmm. So this seems like it's going to be a fascinating look into yeah. her family's and so history. So that's interesting. So it's not just in words. You're saying that there, it's almost scrapbooking or collage-like with it's different a, media. It's a literary work that is augmented by these kind of material, these elements of material culture. Mm -hmm. And what it does is gives this feeling not just of immersion, but of real intimacy. So you really get caught up in it. I was looking at it the other day, and it's just it's really lovely. Wow. That can be the best way to understand history. I think so, where you're looking at it really from the ground level and yeah. the broader implications of history from the perspective of one family mm -hmm. and a distinguished writer who is looking at it through this lens of great literature of classics as well. And since we're on the broad topic of literature and reading, I thought I'd... Uh, turn the focus a little bit to McHenry Library. Boy, that's one of my very favorite places of campus for study and oh, reflection. It's so awesome. So beautiful. They're in among the redwoods with the study rooms and everything. And it's really one of the centers of learning on campus. And it keeps going in these bold new directions mm -hmm. to facilitate and encourage interactive learning. And most recently, the library has taken another bold step into the future of learning with this epic production. It's a 14 by 14 foot screen installation called the Viz Wall, hmm. Visualization Wall. Now this is a way for the entire campus community to create interactive digital media to really visualize the research in exciting new ways, incorporating all these new tools that uh, granddad did not have at his disposal. Virtual <laughs> reality tools, including 3D modeling, animation, virtual reality software. The idea behind this installation is to really increase campus virtual reality to enhance teaching through visualization on this mm -hmm. great big screen that's really interactive and to bring creativity and innovation into student learning and research. Now, there's a grand opening that was set for the Viz wall. That's uh, this visualization wall. That's February 7th at the David Kirk Digital mm -hmm. Scholarship Commons in the ground floor of McHenry Library. So that's a really exciting technological development. Wow, yeah, that's fascinating. Um, that should be interesting to, to check out. I think I would just be overwhelmed and play like Pac-Man on it, but I think it's great that they're doing real stuff. Unlike what you would do. Um, but that's all right. And uh, talking about some real-world implications mm -hmm. of research, uh, a, a professor who's having just 
real-world results for what he is finding out from his years and years of study. I want to shift the spotlight to another newsmaker, and that is UC Santa Cruz psychology professor Craig Haney, mm, who has yeah. spent much of his life studying the psychological effects of being in prison, and what he gets a lot of well-deserved press for mm -hmm. is his findings regarding the horrific uh, psychological effects of being in solitary confinement. <sighs> Yeah. which is such a facet of so many prisons, and unfortunately. And one thing that is very striking about Annie's research is that it is really influential, not just in the United States, but really in other countries as well. One major recent example is a recent landmark court ruling prohibiting solitary confinement in Canada, and the judge in that case mm -hmm. relied heavily on Haney's testimony. Now, Haney spent decades studying the psychological effects of imprisonment, he was involved in this nine-week trial that took place last summer in Vancouver, testifying about the effects of segregation from the general prison population on one's mental health. Haney called this ruling stunning. Mm. It could not be more decisive or far-reaching, he said, and he continues, it's gratifying to see how carefully and astutely the judge worked through the complicated scientific evidence to reach his conclusions, and he went on to say that this decision will help alleviate a great deal of suffering in Canadian prisons. Mm. It's part of a worldwide movement to address this cruel practice. I am grateful my work could be a part of it. Now, this Canadian judge was not the only one who has relied over the years who has been influenced by Haney's research and findings. In fact, his expertise, his testimony has figured prominently in many important court decisions over the years. Now, uh, in Canada, the judge, uh, Justice Leask, referred specifically to Haney's testimony concluding that solitary confinement, confinement poses significant risk of serious psychological harm to inmates, mm -hmm. increasing the risk of mental pain and suffering, self-harm and suicide. So it just goes to show that some people have an idea of research, of academic research being the sort of ivory tower that is somehow mm -hmm. dis set aside from the world. But really, there are so many examples in UC Santa Cruz of researchers who are having these real-world implications for what they're doing time and time mm -hmm. again, people who are bettering the world by their research, by the hard work they put into it. And that's just one example of many. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, so often, you know, people think of, oh, research, it's on this extreme, obscure topic. But oftentimes, in fact, it's on something as relevant as the prison industry and how to make it better or hopefully more effective. Exactly. You have these people who are out there and he was there in person testifying and who are making a real difference in, in conditions, not just here in the United States, but in other countries as well. Ah, all right. Well, that is the news this week. And so you have a great weekend and we will see you soon. See you soon. Be well. Bye.